Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be because God promised it. Well, Gideon, you just messed up. Yeah, but I've got God's promise. God's promise is in Judges 6 and 14. He told him, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. And then in Judges 6, 24, it says, So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. The Lord is Peace. We have the Lord's Peace. Now, did Gideon make a mistake? Yes. He did something. It caused a mess. But his faith brought in God's peace. It brought in God's peace. Gideon wasn't perfect by any means. Neither am I. And you know neither are you. <laughs> Ray, why'd you look at me when you said that? I'm just glancing. Don't, don't take it personal. This is where I stare at the ceiling. Neither are you. <laughs> and so here's the reward. For the faithfulness, the result of the promise, 40 years of peace during Gideon's days. You know, I always hear people say, and, they, and, and oftentimes they try to argue this point, that God will revoke, He will take salvation away from you if you do something wrong, if you mess up. Well, guess what? You're going to mess up. You're sinful. Just get over it. But you're forgiven too. Now, the problem is that if God did that, if God removed his salvation from us every time we messed up, then God would have to break his promise. He would have to break his promise. Friends, God did not base his promise of salvation, of peace upon imperfect us. He didn't base it on us. God based his promise of salvation upon his perfect son, Jesus Christ. It's based on Jesus, not you. And because he did it that way, God is able to make salvation an ironclad promise that you can take comfort in, that you can take assurance in, that you can take peace in when he promises it to you. I'll show you that promise so that you'll know it. Romans 10 and 13 says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord will probably be saved will most likely be saved. Has a pretty good chance of being saved. Probably better than 90% chance of being saved. What does it say? What does God's Word say? Don't let religion get in here. What does the truth of God's Word say? It says, shall be saved. That's the same as will be. Now this, I, I can feel it, this in no way, shape, nor form gives you the opportunity to have a sin license. Well, no matter what I do, I'm saved. Let's just go party. No, that doesn't do that. That's a whole other sermon I've already taught on many times. And I know that people have been arguing over this topic for centuries, but when you consider that God cannot break a promise, that God will not break a promise, and that God has not ever broken a promise, then you know that what God promises, God does. He says, when you accept my son, you will be saved. That's going to happen. 
But you have to have been the one that was genuine when you accepted it. It's not just say the prayer and, oh, I'm good, let's go sin. It's you meant it for genuine, real. You get the Holy Spirit sealed in you, and God is going to change you. You're going to leave that old life you used to walk in. But you will be saved. That's so good. Again, let me back up a tad. Should Gideon have made the golden ephod? No. But God did not cut off his peace because of it. He promised that peace, and Gideon still has it for 40 years. Even though it brought trouble to his house, even though it brought trouble to Israel, God promised that peace, and now Gideon keeps it for 40 whole years. I want you to know something. Satan tells you that you're so bad, that you're so messed up, that you can never be saved. Somewhere along the line, you're going to mess up, and God's going to take the salvation away from you again because you did something wrong, and you're just going to go to hell, and that's it, and you're going to live with this burden on you, just going to crush you for the rest of your life. I want you to get that burden off today. I want you to understand God's Word says, for all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That can be you, and you don't have to worry another thing about it. But don't think that means you can sin all you want to. Now you get to obey all you want to, actually. I just love it when people go, you can't sin all you want. That shows the way they're thinking. (laughs) When I got saved, I thought, I get to obey all I want. Just depends on where your mind's at. So I want you to know also that it is written, Romans 10.9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll probably be saved. I love the looks I get on people's face when I read it purposely wrong like that because you're shaking your head. No, that's not what it says, Ray. Well, hear me right. It says, if you do this, that God believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Underline, circle, put explosions around it. I don't care what you do. Put it around will be. That is a promise. I'm showing you the promises of God. You're going to mess up. You're sinful. Don't, don't cash in on that. But this is a promise of God that you will be saved. I take comfort in that. I couldn't sleep at night if I didn't know this. I'm so thankful. That will be, that it says, will be saved is a promise of God. Now, those who take this promise as a sin license, I'm not sure they're genuinely saved for real in the first place. Because realizing the awesome power of God will cause you to serve Him with fear and trembling, while knowing that even at our very, very best, we know we will still mess up. Your best, the Word says, is like filthy rags. If you took the top 0.1% best you've ever done in your life, Across all your life, you took the top of the top of the top and went to God and said, here it is, God. To him, it is filthy. Salvation has to be a promise because we can't earn it. Religion says, no, you got to earn it. No, when you're given the promise, God keeps it on you. Gideon was given a promise of peace. Did he mess up after? Yeah, but he still got to keep the promise. That's kind of what I'm trying to show. We know that God won't take his promises away from us. He trusted Gideon, trusted God. He was granted peace, even though his actions brought trouble. And the altar that Gideon built was called the Lord is peace. I'm so thankful. I have that altar, the Lord is peace. Judges 8 and 29, the death of Gideon. Then Jeroboam, the son of Joash, that's Gideon, went and dwelt in his own house. Gideon had 70 sons. 
who were his own offspring, for he had many wives. And his concubine, who was in Shechem, also bore him a son, whose name he called Abimelech. Now Gideon, the son of Joash, died at a good old age, and was buried in the tomb of Joash his father, and Ophrah of the Abizarites. Okay, so Jeroboam, this is Gideon. He went to dwell in his own house. He got a good retirement, didn't he? Sounds like he did anyway. Now, although Gideon turned down becoming king, he kind of lived the life of a king there, didn't he? Kind of looks like it. He had 70 sons from many wives. Now, I know that some of us make this make us think, uh, this doesn't sound good to me. <laughs> he had a bunch of wives and 70, uh, I don't know, Ray, I don't like that. I don't like it either. You're like, this don't sound right. right? This sounds wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. It's not right. I'm, just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean it's condoned, okay? But look, of all these 70 sons that Gideon had, mind you, this is not even counting the daughters. This is just counting the sons in the number here. Of all the 70 sons we hear about, particular attention is given to a son named Abimelech. A particular guy, Abimelech. And his mother was a concubine, From Shechem, it says. What is a concubine? A concubine is a woman who has relations with this man, but her status is well below that of a wife. She's not even a wife. She's way down here. Concubine. You're not even married. Now, verse 30 says Gideon had many wives, but Abimelech's mother was not even a wife. She was a concubine. Now, that's even worse. What's even worse than this is that the concubine didn't even live with Gideon. It says she lived in Shechem. She didn't even stay with him. She's way over here somewhere else. Now, we had just talked, I'd talked a bit about relationship. God wants relationship with you and closeness and, and intimacy. But how much of a loving relationship can you have with a woman who's not your wife and you won't even have her live with you? Uh oh. I smell T-R-O-U-B-L-E. Don't you? This isn't adding up right. This isn't looking well here. So what we see here is that the stage is being set for Israel's next downward spiral yet again. We've been seeing this. So far in Judges, we've seen Israel stuck in a pattern over and over again. God saves them, they forget about it, and then they spiral down again. Then God saves them, they forget about it, and then they spiral down again over and over and over, judge after judge after judge. Here we go again. I hate to see it, but that's mankind for you. We're sinful. And you know, you got to think, why does God keep coming to save us? Why does God keep coming? Why does God keep coming to save Israel? Why did God send Jesus Christ for a sinful race like us? You know why? Because God made promises to us. And God is love, and He's going to keep those promises. Judges 8 and 33. So it was, as soon as Gideon was dead, that the children of Israel again... Guys, that makes me sad. It just does to see that. Israel again played the harlot with the Baals, and made Baal beareth their God. Thus the children of Israel did not remember the Lord their God, who had delivered them from the hands of all their enemies on every side, nor did they show kindness to the house of Jeroboam, Gideon, in accordance with the good he had done for Israel. You know, I think it was good for Gideon to say, no, I'm not going to be king, because as soon as he's gone, they probably would have removed his kids anyway is they're not treating his family good at all. It was godly wisdom that Gideon was given by the Holy Spirit. Do not take this kingship rule. 
because they're not being nice to his family anyway. But wow, look how everybody just kicked on their sin. All right, get in, out of here. Party time. Remember I just talked about sin license? That's exactly what these people are doing. Gideon's out of here. Let's just get down with it. This is why I emphasize that it is not right to take Jesus Christ's sacrifice as a sin license because that's what everybody has done here with Gideon. He's gone. Let's go sin again. Right back in the same rut we've seen Israel do time and time again. Remember, as soon as Joshua died, it says they did the same thing. They forgot the works of the Lord. They forgot. It's like, poof, where'd it go? <laughs> it's just out of here. We don't remember. It didn't mean anything to them. What God did for them, it didn't mean anything. They didn't care to remember it. And so it caused them a downward spiral that we're about to see in the next chapter. Now I want to close with this. For, for those who have said the prayer that said, Lord Jesus, I give you my life, but then they soon forget what he did for them on the cross. I'm saved. Oh, yeah, good. I did the prayer. They all, everybody at the church got happy for me. I went and got baptized in the water, and everybody's wonderful. Now I'm just going to go off and do the same thing I've always done again. You just forgot about what the Lord has done for you. That's the picture of the sin license here. You're going to fall out of control into a downward spiral of destruction. You will not experience the peace of God in your life because you were not genuine when you said the prayer. What happened was you got religious. Somebody said, hey, do this, and you're saying, all right, save me, Lord Jesus, thank you, and you went off to party again. There was no repentance, no turnaround, no, I'm done with this sin, Lord, I want you. You had none of that. It was just say a prayer, religion, that's it. There's nothing genuine about it. You got religious. You set up something like a golden ephod, and it caused trouble. But for those of you who meant it from your heart, from something internal, not anything you set up external, like Gideon mistakenly did, but from your inward self, when you said the prayer, Lord, I give you my life, and you followed up with the declaration with actually doing it, walking away from your old sin and giving the Lord your life, when you surrendered your life to Jesus and believed in Him, when you trusted in God, then victory was given to you. The victory of Jesus was given to you. Gideon trusted in God, and victory was given to him. He beat the Midianites. But even though we make mistakes, as Gideon did, the peace of God will remain because God has promised it upon you. Now, I know that this life seems very, very long and very tiring, doesn't it? At times, you're like, oh, when's it going <laughs> to... When are things going to change? I'm tired. What, what else am I going to lose? What else is in front of me? It feels difficult. But always remember Gideon. He endured a very long, difficult seven-year oppression. But as soon as he received the victory, the peace never left him. When he got the victory, the peace never left him. I want to encourage you today. Gideon received a lifetime of peace, the whole 40 years there, for trusting in God for just a few days of battle. That battle that they went through with the Midianites couldn't have been more than a, a few days in, in that whole thing. They got 40 years of peace because of that. 
Now, I know that every single day is a battle to keep on going, but if you will place your trust in Jesus, who has already won the battle, then you can know that you have an eternal lifetime of peace ahead. I entered into his eternal peace when I gave him my life for real, and that peace has never left me. There's still crazy things going on. There's still hardships. <laughs> I've got physical problems, and I've got little things going on with this body, the sinful body of mine. But you know what? The peace has never left. I've made mistakes since I've gotten saved. I have said or maybe done things that have hurt people, that have caused trouble. But the peace has never left me. I still have it. I love this picture here with Gideon. He still has the peace. I can relate to Gideon's story. I endured hardship until I put my trust in the Lord. And ever since I did, I have His promised peace. So can I ask you something? I want to ask you a question. Y'all are all in different stages of your life. Some of you things are going kind of okay. Some of you things are real, real hard right now. I want to ask you, just hang on. Can I ask you to just hang on just a, just a little while longer? Hang on just a little while longer. It's not going to be much longer. It won't be long. In a short while, and believe me, it ain't going to be too long at all, we are going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's coming real fast. ain't going to be long. Let me ask you a question. Do you all remember the first day of kindergarten? I put it like this. Barely. I remember it, but it was pop. Okay, this whole life we're living in is going to be like that someday. It's going to be like pop, and it's out of here. And it's just going to be eternal life with the Father. That's it. There's not going to be much to remember. It's, it's fast. Just hang on just a little while longer. It's not going to be long. For those who have not experienced this peace that I'm talking about, you have a decision to make right now. A decision to choose Jesus Christ over what you've been doing. And this is going to make other people mad at you. They're going to hate you for it. But remember Gideon, even though he was flawed, he made a very godly decision to not be king, a decision that most likely angered the rest of his family. When he said, no, I will not be king, he didn't just say, not only will I not be king, but he said, no son of mine will be a king either. Can you imagine the anger that spread through his whole family because of that decision? Gideon made a godly decision that probably made a lot of people mad. I want to show you what Jesus said in, John, in Luke 14, in Luke fourteen twenty six. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, Jesus did not command us to hate our family. I know that's what it looks like when you first see it. Go hate your family. Jesus told me to. I hate you. It's not what he said. That's not what he meant. What he meant by this is that your decision to follow him will be taken by some around you that you hate them because they will see you turn towards prioritizing him above them. Gideon made a godly decision not to be king, a decision that prioritized God's will above even his own family. Your loyalty to Jesus must come first above others. First. My loyalty to Jesus Christ comes above my wife. And I told my wife a long time ago, if you want to find me, 
you got to love Jesus first or you'll never see me. (laughs) She told me the same thing. I have to love my wife through Jesus and vice versa. He is the top priority. Your loyalty to Jesus must come first above others. And this is where many people fail to have a genuine salvation experience because they would rather serve others than serve God. They would rather make other people happy before making God happy. They would rather do what everybody tells them to do than what God tells them to do. So how did Gideon know how to make the right choice when it was so tempting to say, God, yes, I'll be your king. How did he know to make the right choice? John 8, 47 says, He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. If you're wondering why, I'm not hearing from God, Ray, this concerns me. Maybe you ain't right yet. Don't get scared of this. Be thankful you're hearing the warning. Jesus also said in John 10, 27, he said, My sheep hear my voice and I know them, and they follow me. The people that know Jesus actually follow him. If you don't follow Jesus, if you're not doing what he says, you're not hearing him, you ain't following him, you ain't saved, you got a problem. If you want to be Jesus' disciple, you have to change your priority. There must be a turn from following the world to following him. It's going to make some people mad. But it's so worth the promise of his peace. Gideon got that victory and it never left him. I want you to have the peace of eternal life that never leaves you because God promised it. He never based it on you. He based it on his son. Take comfort in that. I'm glad we saw that in Judges 8. Father, I pray for those who may be here wondering, am I saved or not? Lord, work in their heart. Have they turned, Lord? Have they turned from their old ways? Have they said, my old life is never cutting it, I'm done, and actually left? Are they still trying to serve others first? Lord, are you the priority? Lord, weigh that out with them. Lord, you got real with me. Get real with your people. Lord, for anybody who is hearing me today, they realize, man, I haven't made that change. I I guess I better do it. Lord, show them that they need to be saved for real. The priority has to be right. They want the victory. If you want it, here's how you get it. Father, I'm a sinner. I, I messed up. Forgive me. Not just past, not just present, but everything. Lord, I'm not going to abuse your grace. I won't take it as a sin license that I can go do what I want to, but Lord, I want your peace. I want, the, I want your promise. Thank you. I'll give you my life. I'm done with it. I leave it. And Lord, I know that leaving my old life is going to make people mad at me. But Lord, I'm following you now, not them. Forgive me. And thank you for what you've done. Lord, those that I anger by my decision, show them Jesus through me that maybe they'll turn and come too. Thank you for using me. Thank you for letting me be your disciple. I follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, man, I hope you meant it. And I hope you follow it up with some evidence that you have really been saved because it is so good to live in the peace of God. I, can't, I couldn't make it through this world if I didn't have it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time 
unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.